Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, July the 4th, 2018, and we are reading from the big book, page 83, the first paragraph, Yes, There is a Long Period of Reconstruction Ahead, and commenting on that paragraph. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Maura Z, Twelve Traditions, Cordelia W, and readers of the text, Lisa H, Katie G, and Lauren N. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, July the 3rd, 7 a.m. meeting, 11612, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 11613. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Maura Z to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Lisa S. for your service. Good morning, Maura Z. Recovered in Virginia. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol. Excuse me. We admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. And I obviously started reading the wrong document. Shame on me. My apologies to all. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. My apologies, Lynn. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand him, understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I'll keep coming back. Thanks for the opportunity to do service imperfectly. Thank you, Morrissey. And the 12 traditions, Cordelia W. Press star one, Cordelia. Sorry about that. Hi, this is Cordelia W. from Florida, grateful recovering um, overeater. These are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement <clears throat> excuse me, for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, as problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction Rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Cordelia W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers of six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we're on page 83, the first paragraph. Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead, and we will be commenting on that paragraph. Lisa H., could you read for us, please? 
Good morning. This is Lisa H., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. We must take the lead. A remorseful mumbling that we are sorry won't fill the bill at all. We ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we now see it, being careful not to criticize them. Their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. So we clean house with the family, asking each morning in meditation that our creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. Um, Good morning again, Lisa grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And um, and there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. You know, to me, this means living amends. Um, I remember at the time of making amends to my family, I, I sat down with them and just talked about my part and, and my regrets. Because um, when I was, you know, in my disease, it was all their fault, don't you know? Um, and after after doing my house cleaning, doing steps four and five and six and seven. And um, my part became glaringly obvious. And I did admittedly have some fear um, around uh, sitting down with my family. Um, And it required for me um, each time I did that to ask God in, Um, in addition to doing, you know, asking God in the morning to show me the way, um, asking God to illuminate everything that I needed to make amends for, um, when I, uh, then I could ask then, I remember, you know, especially with my spouse, asking, asking, and the fear was asking if there was anything I left out, you know, that felt like I was opening a can of worms. Um, but in doing that, I was able to, to move forward. Um, I had to ask God in to help me to change, to change the way I think, to change the way I behave, um, to show me patience, um, my mother used to say, patience is a virtue sought by many and attained by few. Um, and I feel like my whole life I've been trying to be patient, patient with myself, patient with others. Um, and for me, it's just a constant, um, it's just a constant reminder um, that I need to have my higher power with me every step of the way um, so that I can be tolerant and patient and kind and loving. Um, just because it doesn't, it has never come naturally. Um, And if I can do that, if I can bring God in um, to all my activities, to, to the, you know, um, to the amends process with my family, um, to the living amends process as I move forward, um, I will continue to to change and to grow um, into who God wants me to be. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Lisa H. The floor is now open for sharing on what we just read. Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share? Lisa B. from Boston. Lauren N. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. Lisa B. Nessa R. Katie G. Lauren N. Did I miss anybody? Carolyn S.H. Okay, great. Oh, is there somebody else? 
All right, let's go with that lineup, please. I've got Lisa B, Nessa R, Katie G, Lauren N, and Carolyn SH. Lisa B, please start us off. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And, um, the two words in this reading that really jump out for me, the word reconstruction and the word um, tolerance. <laughs> so reconstruction, it helped me to look that word up. And I wrote down in my big book, uh, on a note, you know, when I was studying my big book, and I need to reflect on what it means. It means um, a thing that has been rebuilt after being damaged or destroyed. And, you know, for me, the illness of compulsive overeating, the spiritual malady that I now know is a fatal malady. Although it didn't show itself in many obvious ways on my outside body, um, I do know that, that that could have changed at any moment. You know, just when we think it's really bad, it could always get so much worse. Well, the way it really showed up for me um, before I got off on the floor that I did, but like I said, I do believe that there is a 500-pound a person inside of me waiting, um, you know, for me to pick up, um, is that the character defects and the spiritual pain, the emotional pain, and just the total addiction to myself, that self-centered fear, self, 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 that just shut everything out, didn't allow any light to flow out of me to be of service and to be um, bringing harmony and kindness and freedom to others. So I have experienced being reconstructed, rebuilt. Um, I, I didn't want to just be, uh, you know, me again. I needed to be remade from start to finish. And I remember in another fellowship, a sponsor, when I attempted to do this step, shared with me that on the ninth step, it's really about change, that once we make that amends, you know, the change needs to begin. And I was never able to do that because I didn't really experience the piece-by-piece -piece transformation that began from starting on the title page, you know, of this big book with a recovered compulsive overeater, someone in whom the problem has been solved that is truly recovered, you know, not just dry or, or just abstinent only. Um, and then that word tolerance, you know, that's a tough word for me. It means um, to be able to endure pain or hardship, to have stamina, to allow. Those are very difficult things for me. And I find today in my 10 steps, I am able to continue to grow my roots into new soil and experience tolerance by, you know, in the 10 step, by doing 10 steps with my 9 step, you know, it says we've entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. And it's not an overnight matter, which is like saying the same thing, a long period of reconstruction lie ahead. And um, it's been an ongoing process. And sometimes with tolerance, I, I say, I can't do this. It's just too hard. You know, and that's that addict in me. Any discomfort, any discomfort, I want something to take it away. And I'm learning to let the steps do for me what the, what the food used to do and what the acting out used to do. And I have been transformed, not me, but it's this power that I've tapped into and in that appendix too, it talks about laying hold of a power that is doing for me what I could never do for myself. And if you don't know what it is to be recovered, have someone share with you the parts in the big book that clearly describe what it is to be recovered. <coughs> with that, I pass. Thank you. and Happy Fourth of July. Thank you, Lisa B. Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Katie G. 
Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. It's Nessa R. Recovered uh, compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Happy to be back on the line after a nice uh, week vacation. Um, so he tells us here that there's a long period of reconstruction ahead, followed right after by the statement that an apology is not enough. So obviously these two statements are connected. And so why is that? You know, I, I have this amazing aunt who is like my mother. She is the most gentle, giving, forgiving, and uh, patient person. And she pushes my buttons. And I keep losing my patience, and I keep apologizing. And she keeps forgiving And this cycle uh, repeats itself over and over and over and over again. Um, but in doing so, I'm not reconstructing anything. It's just the same cycle. And you know what? My apologies now have no credibility. That's why if there is to be reconstruction, there's got to be something more than an apology. And amends doesn't mean to apologize. Apologize is simply offering an excuse or a reason for our behavior. Amends, the, 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 the dictionary definition of the word is, um, is to change to modify something and what we change and modify my behavior. You know, until God sees it fit to remove my character defects, it is my job to modify my behavior. It's not enough for me to to say to my aunt, I'm so sorry for, for how I spoke to you and, you know, I know it must have hurt you and I, I, I won't do it again and then to go do it again. Um, I truly have to work hard to make sure I don't repeat that behavior. I have to be totally mindful and cognizant at all times of what I'm doing and what's going through my head, you know, so that my behavior, my behavior uh, changes. I, my behavior is, is, is my, are my actions. They're within my control. And this is, this is the work that we need to do that. Uh, and it doesn't happen overnight because that credibility has to be rebuilt. I didn't lose my credibility overnight, and I'm not going to um, uh, gain it back overnight. It takes a long period of reconstruction ahead, but boy, does it pay off because my relationship with my aunt, my relationship with my family are so much better than they used to be, you know, six and a half years ago before I recovered. Uh, but are they perfect? Are they the best they could be? No, I have to keep working at it um, every day, one moment at a time to make sure that my behavior is in line with the principles of this program. And then there's construction ahead. Um, and uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Katie G, it's your turn, followed by Lauren N. Good morning, Lynn. Thanks for your service. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G, recovered, compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic in Boston. And yeah, I'm thinking about like, so the house is flat, right? So it's been destroyed. And um, if I hire a contractor, I'm not going to necessarily immediately trust them, right? Like if I'm hiring a contractor to rebuild the house, I'm probably going to want to go check on the house every once in a while, right? Like, make sure they're actually building it. You know, same thing with my family. Like, how much damage have I done? Um, And this is a really big caution. Don't say you're sorry, right? Like, like whatever step you're on, um, please don't go say you're sorry. And you can, but you'll suffer, you may suffer the same consequences that I have suffered. Um, I have been taught that my actions are so loud, you cannot hear the words I'm saying. So I can say I'm sorry and continue to lie. I can say I'm sorry and continue to be ugly to my family. And what I think is really um, 
I need to be cautious of is not to focus on the fact that my family's partly responsible, that their defects are glaring. This is me. This is me. This is my program. This is the actions I took, irregardless of the other person. My, my sponsor taught me, I'm the one with the program, not them, right? And um, I think it's interesting. It says, we ask each morning, actively, right now, no matter what step you're on, actively each morning to show them patience. Patience calmly bearing, um, you know, whatever it is without complaint, grit, humility, you know, whatever it is I think that he is doing, you know, um, leaving things around the house or whatever, like taking a deep breath and being cautious not to criticize. Because what I have found out through my, um, through my spiritual work in step four, every time I'm criticizing someone, 100% of the time, I can find another relationship in which I have done the same thing. So if I expect my family to be generous and loving towards me, how accepting and generous and loving am I towards them when they make a mistake, when they fall short? Or am I just like, hey, I'm holier than thou. I'm KDG. I got a 12-step recovery program. Don't you know? Look at me. Look at all the things I'm doing. That's not patience, kindliness, tolerance, and love. Um, and I forget what else I was going to say. But, yeah, this is, an active, this is an active program in which I must each day demonstrate um, the principles and be honest and have integrity. Oh, I know what I was going to say. This isn't the outcomes. Again, like I don't know what's going to happen with these amends. I, I can't control that. Um, and it is going to take a long time because how long, you know, it's a long, it's a long walk into the woods. It's going to be a long walk out. And just like with that house, each level I build, there may be more trust. But I need to keep showing up and being the same woman I was yesterday, honor, dignity, and grace. So I'm going to keep showing up, God willing, one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Lauren N., it's your turn, followed by Carolyn S.H. Good morning, visionaries. This is Lauren N. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for your service, everyone. Thank you all for being here one day at a time. I'm so grateful today that I can live in today and remember that yesterday was just what it is and I can't change it and all the wishing and all the dreaming won't change yesterday and can't change tomorrow. But what I can do is live in today and live in being of service and not being selfish. Working my 10th step every day helps me remember that. Remember that I am not alone, and that I'll never be alone again. I have you all, but I also have, which is my God's, my God with skin. But I also have God who, who holds me, holds me and reminds me that I'll never be alone again. I get to make amends every day to my son who is living in my disease that I that I passed on to him. It was passed on to me, so I'm not to blame. I get it. And I totally understand that I am not to blame, but I get to live in recovery so that I can be a good of service to him so I can help him survive and live and hopefully get to recovery as well in his own way 
whatever that looks like. I can't control it, and I want to. But by living in service and living in in love and not resentment and and hate, I get to show up in a much better way today and to be grateful and gratitude and and well with that I all I pass. Thank you all for being here one day at a time. Thank you, Lauren N. And Carolyn S. H., it's your turn. Yeah, hi, good morning. Um, Carolyn S.H., calling in from Massachusetts, and I'm really um, appreciating this discussion. Um, I do not have my timer. Um, hold on one second. Can, I've can got you it, can, Thank yep. you so much. Okay. Um, yeah, so this paragraph is very meaningful to me, especially in this last go-round for me in the set. Um, the sentence, yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. We must take the lead. So even the first word, um, I just love that because it feels like um, Bill and the first hundred here who wrote this um, are answering, like the guess is as if they're answering the question, right? That they're um, reassuring me that, yep, you know, he's reading my mind like I'm, I'm thinking, oh, God, help. This is overwhelming. This is a very long-term endeavor. And his answer is, yes, it is. Um, um, but then he makes very clear, like, I feel like the entire, um, section that we've been reading is very reassuring that, um, that it's doable and that we, we don't need to be, um, overwhelmed. Um, and the section of remorseful mumbling, uh, that we are sorry won't fill the bill at all. Um, I looked up um, mumbling, and it's to speak in a low, indistinct, almost unintelligible manner. Um, and that's very different from uh, a sentence or two later um, that we frankly analyze the past. Um, and I looked up Frank, and it's um, without inhibition, direct, straightforward, sincere, uh, and analyzes to examine critically. Um, and uh, one of the one minute or, um, one of the other things that um, jumps out at me is this whole idea of their defects may be glaring um, that's extremely helpful to me because it doesn't say they don't have defects it doesn't say um, you know that that uh, we forgive them it's none of that it's like, their defects may be glaring, but um, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. And to me, like because of the whole tornado paragraph earlier, like I'm assuming that this was meant for the spousal relationship and the immediate family relationship. But I have found it applies in my situation when I'm looking at my family of origin. Um, and particularly, I probably only have a few seconds left, but um, in an amends that I made to one of my brothers, um, I found that in the moment of the conversation, his uh, defects were glaring. Um, and I wasn't, at the time, I wasn't really ready for that. And so I reacted. Um, and I, the way that my actions were partly responsible is uh, similar to on page 62 when it talks about our problems are of our own making. 
Um, and we've placed, we've made decisions based on self, which later, later placed us in a position to be hurt. Um, I continually do that with my brother. And so I, in front of him, um, I react and I'm responsible for that interaction and for that dynamic, um, no matter what he's doing. Um, and I must be out of time. Thank you so much. Yep. With that, I pass. Thank you, Carol and SH. For those of us just coming on the line, we're on page 83, the first paragraph. Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead, and we're commenting on those paragraphs. Sorry, that paragraph. Uh, please say your name just once, as it helps me hear everybody. And who would like to share? Janice PM. Melissa C. Hi, this is Harper. Leslie W. Kim G. Okay, let me tell you who I got. I believe I heard Janice PM, Melissa C, Leslie W, Kim G, and I know I missed somebody. Harper. Harper, anyone else? Marsha D. Marsha D, and there was somebody Leah as well. M. Okay, great. All right, I've got our lineup here. I have Janice PM, Melissa C, Leslie W, Kim G, Harper, Marsha D, Leah M, and Belanca B. That's a big lineup. Janice PM, could you start us off, please? Okay, thank you so much, Lynn S. Yes, this is Janice PM calling in from. Uh, Massachusetts, oh boy, this is the paragraph. We could write a book on this paragraph. Um, you know, question, how long it's going to take for me to my family to understand me and blah, blah, blah. You know, this reminds me of step six and seven. It's going to take a lifetime. Sorry to tell you, but it's going to take a lifetime. We don't get recovered. I, don't, I didn't get recovered. And then my relationships were all okay. No, the 12 steps do not. They helped me with my recovery, but they didn't. I mean, you know, not necessarily how to live successfully with others can really be found in the traditions. Now, I know if you're just getting uh, abstinent and you're, you know, going through the 12 steps, that's enough without hearing about traditions. But it's true. That's why there's 36 principles in this program, and one of them is 12 steps of recovery for us. Because nobody can, I don't know of anybody, I couldn't uh, uh, fix my relationships or have them fixed um, if I wasn't recovered. That's number one, because I just wouldn't be thinking of anybody else. <laughs> I'd be too into my own self. And even then, when I'm in recovery, I'm still selfish. Um, and I'm not really thinking too much of others better than I was, but this is a destructive, destructive disease for other for relationships. It's uh, we have to rebuild these relationships. They have to be rebuilt. Maybe they were there in the beginning. Maybe they weren't. But the hardest challenge for me is to rebuild the relationships. It takes time to regain trust. And I heard about the trust and respect of people, especially I'm talking mostly about my family, that have been hurt. I mean, you know, how, I mean, I think, when I think uh, properly, um, how would they like it to be hurt the way that I hurt them? And some days I still do it. 
And sometimes, you know what, I hate to say this, but there may be even relationships that are unsalvageable. So that's not the, we have to have real, I have to have realistic expectations. And that's my biggest problem, thinking, oh, okay, now, if I'm like this, then he'll act like this. Not necessarily so. This is my side of the street. I'm the only one that can change myself with the help on a daily basis. And I mean daily, sometimes hourly basis to have God help me to repair the damage that I caused. And uh, if I'm holding resentments of the past, 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 it's never going to work. Um, you know, if, uh, if something happened and the relationship is dead, then it becomes a sweet relationship. But it's, you know, I can't expect, I cannot expect the other person to say, oh, okay, now everything is okay. Because they're still not trusting as much as, you know, if things didn't destroy uh, the Time marriage. Please. And uh, that's, thank you so much. And I will pass now. Thanks. Thank you, Janice PM. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Leslie W. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. I'm starting my timer. Um, yeah, so we ask each morning, like every morning, I have to ask for patience, tolerance, kindliness and love and um you know why do i have to do it every morning um because um my ego goes back i'm an addict i'm a human being and i'm an addict and i'm selfish and i wake up again and i find that it's regenerated you know it comes back in like these quiet subtle ways where um i'm convinced i'm right and they're wrong and it's now it's up to me to set them straight. And, you know, and so this period of reconstruction, it's um, it's daily. And I think, like, um, yeah, so, you know, like, I sat my family down. You know, I've had conversations where um, I made the amends. And I think about it like when I'm doing, like, a big cleaning project, like I'm going to clean out my closet. And I'm really good at like maybe doing it once a year, you know, taking everything out and I'm getting rid of everything. But um, if I don't like hang up the new shirts that, you know, that come out of the wash on a daily basis, it all accumulates again and it means nothing. Um, And so this is daily work because um, things come up on a daily basis. And, you know, when I... um, one of the things that I had, like, was like a tornado through my house, and um, one of the things I needed to make amends for, and I kept saying I'm sorry, was for these temper tantrums I was having on a morning, you know, almost every morning. I would kind of throw this little fit as I was attempting to get everybody out the door. And, you know, and I was like, well, I'm the mother, and if I don't yell at everybody and, and demand that everybody gets moving, nobody moves. And, you know, and then I would uh, get 10 minutes down the road and realize, oh, crap, I just screamed at everybody. And I would call my husband and apologize. And, you know, you can only do that so many times where your words become nothing. And um, it was my actions. And so one morning, you know, in my tantrum, my husband said, can you stop now or are you just going to call me in 10 minutes and say you're sorry? And I realized, um, you know, I needed to up my game here. I'm, when they say that 
um, we take the lead in the reconstruction. It's not in the reconstructing of them. It's not my job to make my family better equipped to get out the door in the morning. It's my job to be patient, <laughs> to be tolerant, loving, and kind. And just because, you know, now I'm meeting the day with, with a new oomph, they have every right to move at their own slow pace. Um, you know, I take the lead. I show love first. And if I show love first, it helps me grow in patience. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Leslie W., it's your turn, followed by Kim G. Thank you so much. I'm Leslie W., recovered in Tennessee. Um, <clears throat> oh, yes, long period of reconstruction ahead. We must take the lead. You know, I really didn't like that sentence, these two sentences very much. Um, when, I, when I first started listening to Vision, as interesting as when I first started listening to Vision, we were on these this exact same paragraphs three years ago, and I, I just remember getting on the line and and crying because my marriage was in the toilet. I mean, you know, I think that for me, I had to finally realize that um, it wasn't enough for me to just say I'm sorry. My words didn't mean anything to my husband at that point. I mean, I had said, I'm sorry so many times. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better, just like I did with the food. I'm going to treat you better, you know, um, or, or, or today's going to be better. You know, I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to do that. And, and I, I just, I had no credibility at all with my husband. Zero. Negative credibility. And so, you know, I remember just feeling like that period of my life was just basically him sitting in a corner with his arms folded and I was walking towards him because he wasn't going to move. He'd been hurt. He'd been wounded. My actions had caused bitterness, resentment, distrust. I had to be the one to take the lead. I had to be the one to get up at 6 a.m. and say those prayers out of the big book uh, for my husband every day to keep my husband's, to keep my spouse's happiness uppermost in my mind as I tried with your grace. God, help me try with your grace to make this relationship right. And I knew that I couldn't do it. And so I knew that I just had to trust God. Okay, God, if you want this marriage to work, I'm going to put it in your hands. Show me what to do. Help me to treat my husband the way that you would have me treat him. Help me to see him the way that you see him. And then help me to leave him alone and let him be who he is instead of what I want him to be. Because he's not here to be what I want him to be. And I'm not married to him to change him. You know, and so I... I have to say that this has been one of the biggest challenges, but yet one of the biggest victories in my life is the reconstruction of my marriage. Three years ago, I went from a man saying, I don't want you around when I'm spending time with the boys. I don't even want you in the room to, hey, baby, let's go to Vegas. Woohoo! With that, I pass. Thank you, Leslie W. Kim G., it's your turn, followed by Harper. 
Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. Leslie made me laugh with that Vegas comment. Um, you know, I often use different parts of the big book as part of my step 11. And this is one of the, the, the areas I do. You know, a long period of reconstruction ahead. Remorseful mumbling is not enough. Am I doing that? How am I putting my amends into action today? You know, because for me, when I was going through this work, my attitude before doing this work was, if I hurt someone and I said, I'm sorry, it was like, just get over it. But yet, if I looked at my own fourth step, what was my fourth step? It was stuff that people did to me 20 years ago that I'm still holding on to. You know, and, and that's one of the reasons, you know, I, we have these principles for each step. And they're people's opinions, and I've seen different ones. I don't like when they have the ninth step as the principle being justice. Because, see, what I want is I want justice for others because I want to hold them to the account. But I want mercy for me, and I want people just to forget what I did to them. And if you want to know what you did to people, I heard this great thing a few months ago. If you want to know that if they did their inventory on you, my fourth column would be their second column. My fourth column is how I am upsetting other people, and I want them to just get over it. You know, I personally think of, um, I live in New Jersey and Superstorm Sandy when it came through in 2012, and it devastated the Jersey Shore. And I remember watching the, the Congress go over giving us money in January when this was back in October, and I heard senators and congressmen going, oh my God, that was three months ago. Why do you want money for it now? And I was so angry because they didn't see what happened to my Jersey Shore. It, it took years. There are still some people that aren't back in their home six years later. And isn't that what I'm doing when I'm saying that I devastated these relationships and I'm thinking, oh, just get over it. Don't do it anymore. And I just want to end with this. I was thinking about this as I was hearing the sharing. Today is July 4th. So if you live in the United States, we're celebrating our Independence Day. But that was 250 years ago. And America is an idea. It's an idea that will not survive if we do not tend to it. By ignoring the ideals of America, America is eroding, in my opinion. And that's what happens. I get through these steps, and I think I'm at an ending point. If I don't tend to these relationships, if I don't make these steps a part of my life, my recovery will erode, and it will disappear. So as we celebrate the Independence Day of our country, we should, we should know what, what are we doing to support our country? And as I'm looking back at my own recovery, what am I doing to support my recovery today? Because both of them could disappear if they are not tended to. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Harper, it's your turn, followed by Marsha D. And Harper, if you could supply the initial of your last name, please, that would be great. Hi, this is Harper E. from Massachusetts. Hello, everybody. So um, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead, and it's a lifetime of reconstructing. And it's, it can no longer be me, 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 I, 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 reconstructing. I have to reconstruct with all of you, some help with all of you, from help with my sponsees and my sponsor, and staying in conscious contact with God. And it occurs to me on the 4th of July, Independence Day, that it's actually Interdependence Day. For me, today I'm celebrating interdependence, where it is no longer 
Harper's show and Harper trying to reconstruct herself and Harper trying to recover. It's we. We are all doing it together. And I can't do it without anybody else. And I can't do it without higher power. So I am celebrating Interdependence Day today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Harper E. Marsha D., it's your turn, followed by Leah M. Good morning, OA family, and thank you, everyone, for being there on this our Independence Day. I am a compulsive reader in Ohio. And, you know, I came into program in 1986, and I was introduced to Steps 8 and 9 at that time. And I remember how scared I felt the first time with my list when I went and made amends, and yet how relieving it was afterward. So as we read the text today, you know, the words that jump out at me, you know, uh, reconstruction and living amends, um, how much that's transformed and changed my life. And, you know, when I entered program, I was a young college woman, and now all these years later, I'm a mother of two. And not only has this program helped me and continues to help me, but it's also helping my young sons. In fact, I have a little post-it in my nightstand from one of my sons who, because of this program, I was able to to model to them what you do when you wrong someone. And it's really sweet. He has a little note in there, you know, Mom, you know, it was wrong of me to yell at my brother, and I'm sorry I did that, and what can I do to make it up to you? And it's just so precious. I kept that in my nightstand. So that's the gift of program, you know, that it's not just about me today. It's also extending into my family. And while I can look at how I have a, a ways to go, and I certainly do. Moments like that are a good testament that this this program is real and it's living and it's um, it's very much alive. So thank you, and I will pass. Thank you, Marsha D. And just a gentle reminder, please, could everybody check their phones just to make sure you are muted? We were hearing somebody clear their throat a little bit before. Okay, Leah M. It's your turn, followed by Belonka B. Thank you very much for your service, Lynn and everybody. Um, so we clean house with the family, asking each morning in meditation that our Creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, a long period of reconstruction ahead. I look at recovery not as an overnight sensation and event but you know a process this program of recovery has brought emotional maturity and stability into my life because I am forced to submit myself to this work on a daily basis numerous times during the day um, in order to remain aligned and so you know the program of recovery um, has brought a habit, a lifetime habit of evaluating my ideas, my attitudes, my emotions, accepting responsibility of my own actions. And so, yes, I take the lead in that, meaning that um, I don't indulge in self-pity or fault-finding today. You know, whenever I am disturbed, 
it is my responsibility with the help of this program of recovery to get to the bottom of where that disturbance is. And that allows me to show up in my life with the numerous characters on my stage of life um, with patience, with kindliness, with tolerance, and with love. And I'm so grateful for this because I don't expect special considerations from others today. Um, I realized through the program of recovery that I was the architect of my own misery and that I, you know, desperately need this program like a GPS, a God positioning system. <laughs> you know, where am I and where's God? And if I'm not closely tethered to God and to what he expects out of me because he's the authority figure with those principles, then these steps allow me to come closer to God by ridding myself with the help of God of any of that spiritual sludge or obstacles that get in my way. And, you know, we've been speaking about Independence Day. The more dependence I have on God, the greater my level of freedom because I'm governed by principles of a higher authority. And so the more dependence I have in God, the greater freedom I have, the greater I am happy, joyous, and free. Uh, I have certain ideals, just like we were speaking about America has certain ideals. I have certain ideals written to me uh, by God, and the more I follow that through the program of recovery, the greater freedom I experience. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. Alonka B., it's your turn. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Oh, yes. Um, <clears throat> I am Blanca B. from Orlando, Florida, a recovering food addict. Uh, I like that GPS, by the way. That's really excellent. <laughs> I will have to remember that. Um Yes, a, a very long road of reconstruction. Uh, I, it's funny, I live here in Orlando, there's nothing but the highways are constantly under reconstruction. And and people say, well, it's going to be like this forever. Well, it's funny, so is the, the reconstruction of my, <clears throat> of my, um, of my life from now for the rest of my life, as someone else just mentioned, especially to my son. I uh, have a son who... Uh, I hurt and betrayed through his childhood, and um, I am uh, working on making my amends, uh, and not just sorry, but absolutely saying you're sorry uh, is, is doesn't mean much in the way that never did for me, because I went right back and did the same thing. Um and not just reconstruction with my relationship, but with myself. You know, I look at myself as just, uh, for my whole life, as just a, a, a broken up uh, road, a road that, that was broken and busted and going in every different direction, and uh, a bridge that was a very near collapse. <clears throat> So I um I also will be working on myself 
and trying to forgive myself is going to take a lot of work for the rest of my life. But through the help of this program, um, I will get there and I will continue to keep coming back. And thank you all so very much for your courage and telling your stories of experience, strength, and hope. And on that, I will pass. Thank you, Blanca B. There's time for one more share. Who would like that time? Cindy T. Okay, Cindy, please go ahead. Hi, I'm Cindy T. from Virginia, compulsive overeater, um, reco- recovering by coming back from a relapse. Um, And I love this um, Visions for You program. I'm brand new to this and um, was able to find a sponsor through this, which I'm really, really blessed for. And I'm realizing as we're talking about reconstruction, um, I had six years of reconstruction. And then over the past eight months, because of my own will, I... I believe I've probably torn some of that construction down and I'm going to have to reconstruct what was already constructed. But I'm so grateful that um, I can do that through my higher power in this program. And I want to thank everyone for your service and for being here so that I'm not alone in this reconstruction. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Cindy T. There's time for one two-minute share if anybody would like that. Okay, if there's no takers, then thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Uh, And thank you to Team Wednesday. We have Lisa H., Katie G., Lauren N., Maura Z., Cordelia W., Kathy G., and Penny C. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Wednesday, July the 4th, 2018, is 11619. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Happy to help, Lynn. Thanks, Katie G. Recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Excuse me. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you have not got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.